Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. My name's Dan, and in high school, I would skip class and hang out in a secret room under the auditorium floor. My name is Jimmy, and Dan and I were roommates when I was six years old. My name is Jeff, and I once watched a man play horseshoes by himself, but instead of using horseshoes, he used pizza crusts he fished out of a public garbage can. He then hit the trash can with a pipe and proclaimed to be Santa Claus. It was July. Where, where did this happen? <laughs> this happened when I was managing a fast food store in uh, New yeah. Haven, Connecticut, in the downtown urban area, and there was a gentleman that would frequently stop in to... Uh, stay in the air conditioning and not purchase anything. And one day some customers came in and they were very upset because these new light poles that were put out there uh, by the city in a pretty rundown area were being desecrated by this man. Uh And when I went to go look, uh, that's the scene you saw. That's exactly what I saw. (laughs) I think about him all the time. This was years ago, like well over a decade ago. And he's just always in my memory. And I thought my uh, random fact about a secret hidden room underneath a high school auditorium was going to be weird. That really angers me because I only found out about that as I was graduating. Yeah. So this was under the auditorium? Wait, what? Technically, it was under the floor where you would like purchase concessions in the in the little space outside oh, the auditorium. Yes, okay. somebody, somebody, I think, in I think my I know grade, what you're talking about. Because I'm a little older than Dan. Yeah. Uh, got a set of keys somehow and they just pass oh i know how well i don't i mean the cops aren't going to come a busting but (laughs) yeah basically the one of the janitor closets was open and he saw keys sitting there so he ran in stole the keys went across the street to a hardware store and made as many copies as he could in about 15 minutes and then returned the keys and he didn't even know what these keys did he had random ones so he went all over the school trying to find what they opened and one of them was to a secret hatch. That's awesome. And wasn't it like decked out as like, yes. it was like a hangout. Yep. There was, uh, <laughs> I was. I never experienced it. And I'm so upset that there nobody was ever told There was a little me. lamp down there. There was a little CD player boom box. There was uh, some pictures of scantily clad women taped to the walls. <laughs> it was It was wonderful. That's awesome. I love how like probably all of us hung out in that area. Like the AE area or yeah. whatever they called it when you guys were there. Because we were just music and nerds and you can get away with hanging out and skipping class there. Yep. Jimmy, do we have any reviews? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do actually. Um, this is, the the title is The Edge of Seventeen and it's five stars. And um, uh, she said, I've never seen it. Sounds like a deaf chick flick and now I want to see it. Thank you guys. Thank you for the review. Uh, if you want to leave a review, you can leave it on Apple Podcasts, uh, not Spotify, apparently, uh, Stitcher, on our website. You can email us, we hope you do, at talkmeinto at gmail.com. 
or you can contact us on Twitter at Talk Me Into. Do we have a MySpace? Every week on the show, we have a little segment that we like to do of what we're talking ourselves into. It could be a little fun thing that we're trying out. It could possibly be something that we don't even end up doing, but we're trying to talk ourselves into it. This week, I'm trying to talk myself into doing laundry at least once a week. Wow, that's that's an impressive feat. Isn't yeah. It, it is. <laughs> so I usually do my laundry two every two to three weeks wow so it's got a lot of i have a lot of clothes yeah i guess you have a lot of options there i have a lot of clothes and i need to start getting rid of them so i'm trying to get in the habit of doing it you should talk yourself into getting married and then have your wife throw away Uh, everything yeah Yeah. by learning the uh what is it Marie Kondo method yes as well but um so yeah i i just kind of realized like how much it sucks doing at least two to three weeks of laundry at a time because it's like three loads it's like that's yeah. a lot of laundry to do in one day. Like that your sucks. entire day is devoted to doing laundry. So I was like, you know, I do this once a week. I do it in the morning before I go to work. I do it Monday mornings and it's fine. It's not that bad at all. So yeah, get it, get on it. Keep Especially it. if you, uh, if you have a washer and dryer in your home. Exactly. It's a lot easier. Yeah. So that's what I was doing this week and it was glorious. I'm very happy to do it. Here's, a, here's a big question though. <laughs> Are you keeping up with the folding and hanging of the yes. laundry? Same day. Okay, you got it because it'll yeah, just get yeah. really wrinkly. Yes, I, I always do that same day now. It Good. didn't used to be. Good job. Thank you. Dan, what are you talking yourself into this week? I'm trying to talk myself into enjoying the new Bruce Springsteen album. Oh, I tried to have this conversation <laughs> off mic. And I said, save it for the pod. <laughs> this uh, is affecting our friendship. We're recording this on Saturday, June 15th, June 15th, the year of our Lord, 2019. Yep. And yesterday, Bruce Springsteen dropped a new album called Western Western Stars. Stars. Cool. Uh, There's a horse on the cover. Yeah. I saw that. So I had, as any diehard Bruce Springsteen fan, I had been, you know, monitoring this situation for a while now checking out the singles as they drop i was checking out the singles as they, as they dropped and i was not into them i was not loving them no hmm. they were they're okay it's got sort of a glenn campbell 70s like you know country rock type vibe but i would say even more watered down than that well the singles i agree yes so yesterday the album dropped i wasn't super excited to get into it but in the afternoon i did take a listen while i was at work and I have to say, I actually like the rest of the album a lot more than those singles. I found it to be a lot um, more raw and honest, more akin to his other solo albums, Devils in Dust and The Ghost of Tom Joad, that I liked a lot. So uh, I still need a few more listens. I'm not really sold on it. I don't think it's one of his stronger releases of late, but I'm going to give it some more chances. I, I do like it more. I was afraid I was going to really dislike it, which hasn't happened with a Bruce Springsteen album in a long time for it's me. It's just not like there's there's no earwigs in there, airworms. What what's earworms? It earworms. There's nothing like super catchy. Like it's good. There's a few songs that are okay. The instrumentation is good, but it's it seems like stuff he's done before, but not as good. Mm. So it, it's not like it's bad. Like it, a bad Bruce Springsteen album is still better than like most albums. Yeah. Have you checked it out, Jimmy? No, I haven't. I'm not a huge Bruce fan. Maybe oh, I think we might have to. Him. 
I didn't know that. I thought he was more into it. it. Um, I'm kind of into Bruce Springsteen. There's a few albums that I really like. That's not enough, Dan. We need to. Jeff and I are Bruce boys. Yeah, we're we're half of the uh, Bruce Springsteen viewing club. I know. I was I was uh, part of that club later, and it's yeah. Jeff, myself, my dad, and my uncle have gone to see several Bruce Springsteen concerts. Talk me into. I'd love to go. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, new Bruce album. Check it out. Jeff, what are you talking yourself into? As a resident of New England, where the winters are 14 months a year, when it is warm out, you really like to take advantage of it. Yeah. So I'm talking myself into the beach. I've noticed this. Oh, yeah. Yes. Saw it on your Instagram, at Large Heart on Collider. That's correct, sir. So yeah. uh, my wife is from a non-beach area of these here United States. Landlocked. Landlocked in Appalachia. And... Uh, when she moved to Connecticut, we have a shore, but it's it's not a good shore. It's kind of uh, it's okay geographically. If you're not familiar with uh, our home area of Southern Connecticut, uh, there is Long Island, which blocks all the good water, <laughs> and then there's Rhode Island, which also has all the good beaches. And at one point, they were part of Connecticut, and then 400 years ago, we we're like, nah. You guys could have this. We don't want anything good here. So um, so she thought that the beaches were like kind of cruddy and like full of New They're York rocky. City's doo-doo. Yeah. yeah. And it's like there's a lot of like diapers and seaweed washing up on the shore in our hometown. And they're like, oh, this is you don't want to go in it. Like, it's nice to walk by, but you don't want to go in the water. So uh, last year. I took her to a beach in Rhode Island called Nisquamacate, where I used to go as a child. Yeah. And uh, it's just like a really, really nice beach. Warm water in August. Now, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. for the listeners, from what I know of you, you're not a big beach guy, and one of the primary reasons for that is you don't swim. I never said I'm not a beach guy. I love the beach. I've uh, never uh, seen. I you love the, the water, but I can't swim. But as said on this podcast before, I have a great respect <laughs> for water, King Neptune, a, a fear, or Poseidon. <laughs> And the sheer power and beauty that is bestowed upon the waves. Okay. Um, yeah, so we're, we've been going on the beach. It's been like 70, 80 degrees the last few weekends. It's really nice. Water takes a little time to warm up, so the water was 54 degrees. Yeah. Uh, not pleasant, but <laughs> last week when I went, I was like, you know what? I'm at the beach. I'm going in the water. Yeah. So once you get past like the waves breaking against you, and the absolute hypothermic conditions that your skin is enduring. It's really nice. The water's clear. You can look down, see your feet, and it's just relaxing and calming. And it's it's just a beautiful day, even with all the seagulls stealing people's foods and all the pseudo-racist Providence and Boston bros playing cornhole with each other. You know, you get past that stuff and you just enjoy you enjoy what the earth has for you. I like the beach, um, but I don't like people, so I don't. I typically stay away from public beaches. Well, see, our family, as Jeff knows, was spoiled yeah. by an aunt who had a private beach on Lake Ontario. That's a very. Yeah. That's the first like legit freshwater beach I went to. I would go to like little lakes around here. Yeah, but yeah. people don't really realize nice. how awesome it is. The Great Lakes have their own waves. Oh, for sure, and big it's waves, freshwater. And a private beach. We are definitely spoiled. Yeah, for sure. But Jeff, I encourage you to keep going to the beach. We're going every every warm weekend that she has off. We Follow up question. To the beach. Will you learn how to swim? No. Oh, we got a tweet about this. Should we mention that? 
We did? We did yeah. get a tweet about me learning about how to swim. About Jeff learning how to swim from your guy's friend, Brett. Oh, I forgot about that. I yeah. think if if we do, if we ever switch to video, I will sacrifice going underwater, which is a great fear of mine. I get claustrophobic and I don't like it. Yeah. It's it's frightening. I'm a large guy. I'm six foot one inches and the empirical system, imperial system. What? Um, <laughs> I, I just don't I don't like it, but I will sacrifice and be afraid for the enjoyment of viewers if we switch to video. So you're saying if we do a video sp- special or we have to be a permanently video podcast? If we do a video special. <laughs> Maybe it could be Patreon idea. Oh, I will get a one-piece bathing suit like they used to do in the 1920s. <laughs> I will love to see that. I will put on some white sunscreen on my nose. And uh, dive right in. Maybe a, a little cap and some floaties, and uh, I'll try to swim. Yeah, so Brett Pikoski, a friend of ours who is a big listener of the show, he tweeted, Isn't it about time that Jimmy and I talk Jeff into learning how to swim? Maybe it is. Could be. It's warm out. There's a heated pool not 50 feet from us. Hey everyone, it's your least favorite member of Talk Me Into, Jimmy. I'm here to talk to you all about our Patreon page at patreon.com slash talkmeinto. If you feel so inclined, you can sign up for some awesome perks that we have planned just for patrons. Old projects, new videos, exclusive episodes, the list goes on. It might sound weird. Oh, paying for a free podcast? That doesn't seem right. Well, there's more to that than you may think. We're on Patreon because while it costs very little to make this podcast, we'd love to expand upon the Talk Me Into brand. Think of it as the Talk Me Into Audiatic universe. By you supporting through Patreon, we can get better equipment, help advertise the show, get it seen by a bigger audience, and hell, maybe even start up my son of a Fitch studio down the line. Every dollar is important, so if you decide to support the show, it would mean the world to us. And we'll love to return the favor by giving you a bunch of exclusives. If for whatever reason you can't, that's totally cool. Just by you listening to the show, you're doing more than you think. Thanks for listening, and back to us saying something probably smart. Okay, fellas. (laughs) Why is that funny? (laughs) You start it that way every time. I don't know, it's just... uh... (laughs) Just the way you said it, the delivery, it just tickled me in a way. That Maybe I, I don't tick- feel like a fella today. Okay, Maybe fellas. I feel like a bro. Okay, fellas. Okay, fellas. This week, I'm going to be talking to you something, talking you into something that is very topical. Big Little Lies. I've heard of this show. I know nothing about it. I don't know anything about it except for the name and that you watch it. So, Big Little Lies just aired their season two finale. Finale? Yes. Or premiere? finale oh wow see i'm out of the loop you are out of the loop it is in the zeitgeist it is very star-studded and i want to take you back and introduce you to season one it is a very dramatic well-acted well-directed well-written miniseries originally that was expanded into an ongoing oh okay Um, so there's gonna be a season three well i don't know that yet that yet but there is for sure a season two because it just aired. 
So it aired on HBO. First season premiered February 19th, 2017. It was a big deal because it was a project for Nicole Kidman, Reese Witherspoon, Shailene Woodley, and Zoe Kravitz, along with several others in lesser roles, including Laura Dern and Adam Scott. So huge star started affair. I know those people. Yeah. I've heard of at least half of those names. Yeah. Um, half of one name. I've heard the name Nicole before. You have. Saying. Well, that's that's good. I met a Nicole once. So it's based on a novel called Big Little Lies by Leanne Moriarty, I Creative. believe is the pronunciation. Um, and the interesting thing that this series did, which I really enjoyed, uh, HBO has done this a few times, is they gave the entire first season to one director. So you really get a true artistic oh, vision. Cool. I like that. So Jean-Marc Vallée who has done some movies and a couple other TV projects. I know him a lot from another HBO miniseries called Sharp Objects. He okay. directed that entire thing as well. But um, Big Little Lies sort of boils down to a murder mystery. You're introduced in the pilot that someone has been killed, but you don't know who's dead and you don't know why or who did it. And then the series flashes back to get you to that point and to fill in the gaps. Okay. Oh. So, um, like I said, it's a true ensemble piece. It's got a fun tone. It takes place in Monterey, California, which is an incredibly wealthy, uh, high, you know, highfalutin, big to do town where all these rich people live and squabble and gossip about each other. So basically, it drops you right into this town to try to figure out what's going on who's dead and why and like i said the acting is superb so you guys have never seen any obviously no. never seen it didn't know who was in it until just now don't know anything really? about it i i've seen the preview for season two and i was like oh that looks good and that's that's the farthest i've gotten yeah so this is spoiler free but in season two they just up the ante of the star-studded ensemble by adding Meryl Streep. Oh, yes, that's which right. Which is pretty insane that you could just add Meryl Streep yeah. to a cast of already, like, super well-known Oscar-nominated and winning actresses and stuff. Yeah. I remember seeing that and wondering, why didn't I hear about season one? It, I think it took people by surprise. Okay. Uh, I know that HBO was surprised by how well it did and how the numbers grew by word of mouth. Um, so yeah, like I said, they weren't intending to do a second season, but basically HBO was so satisfied with it and the stars enjoyed working with each other so much that they actually pushed for a season two. Okay. So, um, I've started watching season two. I'm not caught up yet, but I'm really enjoying it as much as I enjoyed season one. So I'm encouraging you guys to check out. Now, the first season is seven episodes, but they're pretty dense. They're an hour long, and there's a lot going on. So I'm asking you to watch the first three episodes of season one of Big Little Lies. Can I watch it on two times speed? No, you cannot. <laughs> oh, man. I won't allow that. I've been so successful with that. <laughs> you can watch it on HBO Go, HBO Now, all your favorite. Uh, I got to resubscribe to HBO now. Oh, yeah. So the first episode is called Somebody's Dead. The second episode is called Serious Mothering. And the third episode is called Living the Dream. They are all directed by Jean-Marc Vallée and written by David E. Kelly. What have oh, those that's a familiar uh, name? Yeah, what have those creators done? Oh, put me on the spot here. So David E. Kelly is known for Chicago Hope, The Practice, Ally McBeal, Boston Public, uh, a lot of stuff like that. He's worked on. He's been a screenwriter for a lot of big uh, 
mostly like network TV shows. Okay. And Jean-Marc Vallée, he is a director who is known for... Okay, Google. Kill him Who is Jean-Marc Vallée? Oh, what I know him most for is he directed the Dallas Buyers Club, which was a oh, that was movie, great that, movie that we loved. Yeah. Um, I've never seen it. Yeah, he's done a couple things. Like I said, Sharp Objects for HBO, The Young Victoria. Oh, he did the Reese Witherspoon film Wild. I don't know if either oh, of you okay. guys saw that. I've seen part of that movie. It was a big movie. prestige movie about based on a true story of a woman who hiked across the country, basically. Yeah. So yeah, he's got a he's got a strong style and look, which I really think fits well with the flashback type jumping around that you'll notice in these first three episodes. Cool. Okay. So check them out, and when we come back, we will be spoiling the first three episodes of Big Little Lies, the HBO series. So, Jimmy. So, Jeff. Tell me lies. Tell me big little lies. Um. Great. <laughs> tell me lies. All right. Big little lies. HBO super smash hit miniseries turned into an ongoing regular series. Yeah. yeah. You guys watched episodes one to three of season one, and we we're going to spoil them. Did. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Episode one. Somebody's dead is the title. And guess what? Somebody is dead. Yeah, I think that's Who a very it? apt title. We don't know. Me no no. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe. Maybe, Maybe you won't. Not. Oh. Oh. Ooh, ah. So uh my notes say somebody is in fact dead. Yeah. And there's like a masquerade going on. You don't really know what's going on. There's just like flashes and mm. police sirens and lights and detectives and a whole lot of chaos yep yeah the beginning of this i i was really struck by the style and atmosphere of the of the show like uh uh, i don't know very very stylish yep it is and uh, the series just in general jumps around in time Mm -hmm. um so this is the first time we see that where you're presented with what i assume to be the end of the first season yeah and then it jumps back to the first day of school how long ago before was like how far well I don't think this is spoilers to say that that. you'll find out that this event that you're seeing the police at is an end of year, uh, end of the school year event. Oh, okay. So So 10 months. Yeah. Basically jumps back to the beginning of the school year. Okay. And we're introduced to Madeline McKenzie, which is played by Reese Witherspoon. She's driving her kids to school. Yep. Then you're introduced to Jane Chapman, played by Shailene Woodley, who is also driving her kid to school. Yeah, basically it's the families of five first grade students. Right. Mm. And even in the intro to the show, there's a lot of driving to school. Yep. People are always driving to school because it's a thing that needs to be done and somebody's got to do it. And in this case, it's the mothers. And this is their initial connection to each other because something goes down on the first day of school. (gasps) One of the little girls gets choked by a classmate. Oh, yes. And then she accuses. The little girl is Amabella, and she is the daughter of. Holdo. What? From Star Wars. No. She's the daughter of Renata, who was played by Laura Dern, who played played by Holdo. Not played by (laughs) Holdo. Okay. (laughs) And she accuses Ziggy, which is definitely 
a name that first graders have in the 2010s. Yep. Yeah, it sounds uh, about right. Which is Jane Chapman's son. Of committing the strangulation, which yes. he denies. And there's immediately a rift between Renata and Jane Chapman. And um, basically, Madeline takes Jane Chapman's side because Madeline already doesn't like Renata. Mm-hmm. They have some bad blood between there them. There are lines drawn. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it, it sort of forms this friendship between um, Jane and Madeline and Nicole Kidman's character, who I forgot her name. We haven't mentioned her yet, but um, Celeste. Yes. And she is married to Alex Skarsgård? Per- Perry. Oh, Perry? in real life, Alexander yeah. Skarsgård, oh, yeah. Alexander. Yeah, Alex. We're on, we're yeah, on short names. Jeff terms. likes to keep it keep it real cool with, with I'm close Alex. with the Skarsgårds. <laughs> yeah. Um, so did you guys pick up on... Um, the relationship between Celeste and Perry. Uh, I don't believe I did in the first episode. A L- little tense. Uh, a little bit in the beginning. I could, I could see that. Yeah. But. And there's also some weird vibes around Jane. She seems to be, she's new to the area, but she seems like she's got some stuff in her past. Yeah, th- this show has something that the edge of 17 had where they try to make, uh, Jane look very plain when, in my opinion, she's the most attractive one on the show. Mm. Yeah. They did a bad job at making her look plain. Mm. Um, yeah. And also, I mean, I don't, I don't know if we're going like beat by beat because this, I thought this first episode was pretty boring. It's very slow, very slow build, which I understand because you're introducing a lot of characters. Yeah. They got a lot of, you're introducing a lot of relationships and you're setting up tension between certain characters and they all, all these main characters have spouses. They all have kids. I understand why it's slow. Not saying it's a ne- negative necessarily, but it it was pretty slow. Um, Adam Scott is in this show. Yep, he has a beard. Yep, he yeah. plays Reese Witherspoon's husband, Ed, I believe. Ed, yep. yes, yes, Ed. And you find out later on there's some tension with him and uh, his Her wife's ex husband, yeah. mm-hmm. whose wife is Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, or Bonnie. So there's a lot of like inter, a lot of connect the dots. Yeah, and also. One thing we didn't really talk about, I, I think I spoke to you guys about it in the earlier part of this episode, is um, did you get sort of the feeling of this area, uh, this rich, well-to-do Monterey, mm. California, Yeah, what the vibe you, of the school was you like? do based on their homes. Yes. Um, I didn't really pick up on it any other way. Nobody seems like pretentious. Mm. I mean, uh, okay. There's that Reese interaction between Definitely. Reese Witherspoon's character and... Uh, Laura Dern's character, where they're talking about how, oh, the stay-at-home moms never respect the working moms. Right, but and it's, stuff it's like not that. just affluent because Jane is just a single mom living in a normal house. Yeah, so, I think and they go to the same school, so I don't know why they don't really drill it home. But I think technically she lives in another town or in like a neighboring part of the town. Okay. Mm. So you'll get to see in future episodes that Jane is definitely at a different socioeconomic level. They show her where she lives and stuff. Yeah, and, it definitely felt that way. Yeah, and, and Holdo is like a lawyer or her husband's a lawyer. I don't remember Stop her calling name. Her Holdo. I don't remember her name. Renata? The, yes. Donata. <laughs> Renata or the actress is Laura Dern. Oh, yeah. Jurassic Park girl. Yeah, sure, Jeff. So, so what did I mean, you guys think of this first episode? Jeff thought it was a little slow, but that it had it a lot slow. of stuff It's a lot set of setup. I mean, you're even setting up side things with Reese Witherspoon's oldest daughter, and it's a lot of teenage mm-hmm. angst, and it's a lot of family drama. Mm-hmm. And 
I don't know. I overall I thought the episode was pretty boring, but I understand why. Overall for this episode, I felt it was, it kind of seemed like an, a CW show that was made for HBO. Um, like with a super high budget. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um Here's Riverdale, but yeah. there's famous people in it. Yeah, that's what it kind of seemed like to me. Yeah, um I agree with you plot-wise, but I think the writing and acting was way better than anything. The at that acting level. felt really stiff up until the end really? where they're where they're all in the hmm. um all in their individual houses. Do you think the acting was stiff or the characters were putting on a yes, front? That's exactly so what it is. So the acting was actually good. Well, the acting was but fine. The characters but were playing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were definitely showing their best foot forward on the first day of school. Yes. And uh yeah, I thought Reese Witherspoon was a standout in this episode. She's this like sort of like alpha female do gooder. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen Election, her movie from no. when it came the early two thousand? Very long time ago. She's like this very type A, super ambitious person, and it kind of reminded me of like this is what happens when Tracy Flick like that character doesn't really succeed as much in life and decides just get to get married and raise a family and focus all that energy and obsessive compulsive tendencies towards being the best mom and, and everything like that for the characters i really liked uh shalene woodley's character jane uh, i thought she was very likable um I, I love the fact that she's like basically just a single mother trying to do her best for her kid like she's sleeping on the couch uh so her kid has a bedroom and stuff which by the way he has the coolest bedroom ever it's like <laughs> outer space yeah yeah and i yeah. want that I to be that my bedroom cool well okay any star wars pillowcases tell your wife that see if she's okay with it we have a nautical theme it's lovely (laughs) so yeah overall i thought the i thought the episode was okay but it didn't blow me away episode two titled serious mothering big little lies aka dropping the kids off the series it's more dropping (laughs) the kids off yeah there's a lot of that in this show I think they're setting up a formula of this is how their yes, day works. I, yeah. I, I, I get it now at this point, but it's a lot of it. And uh, there's not much murder and not much mystery yet. There's little tiny sprinkles throughout mm-hmm. all of these episodes where um, like school staff members are being interviewed by the police to give a little bit of I, insight I like into that. relationships. Yeah, because it's not overdone and it's, mm-hmm. it's just enough to kind of like fill these gaps that we're not seeing. It reminds me of... Um... True Detective, is that the show? Yep. Yeah. Um, so this one got a little bit deeper into the conflict between Madeline and Ed versus Madeline's ex-husband, Nathan, and his new wife, Bonnie, mm-hmm. and how they're dealing with their eldest daughter. Yeah, I like the confrontation between Adam Scott and um, the other actor. I don't remember who he is. Yeah. Uh, um, but I, I was like, oh, Adam Scott can act. I was like, oh, he's he's like putting up. He's in a lot of serious stuff. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Uh, maybe I just haven't but seen. To a lot, a lot but to a lot of people, he is Ben Wyatt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So the conflict basically comes to a head because uh, Madeline finds out that Bonnie has taken Abigail, the teenage daughter, to Planned Parenthood, which she's not super excited about. Yeah. And as Jimmy was referencing, <clears throat> Nathan and Ed have a confrontation, and Nathan, who is a more traditional alpha male type yeah. guy. Yeah. He basically tries to intimidate Ed, but Ed like holds his own. Stands his ground. Yep. Do you think that Nathan was trying to intimidate him? It kind of yes. seemed like it, it I don't he know. Did. It, he it did, but, of, but I he, think he was he the captain of the smile. football team and yeah. was used to throwing his weight around and getting like beta cucks like Ed to uh yeah. stand down yeah. and basically submit to his will. It almost kind of seemed to me that Ed was insinuating a fight. He I, was, I, but after 
the other guy. Yeah, did maybe it first. I just wasn't catching. I think that, he but... was just saying, "I'm not being intimidated by you, and if you want to play this game, watch out." Yeah. Right. I think Nathan was trying to have it both ways. He was trying yeah. to be imposing but still come off as the nice guy mm-hmm. whereas ed was like no like he called yeah. him on his crap like i know what you're trying to pull and yeah, i'm not yeah. gonna have it okay um and you you get to see uh nicole and my boy alex's relationship a little bit more and oh it's yeah just straight up domestic abuse the porno it's it's yeah. like he just straight up slugs her grabs yeah. her by the shoulder over bruises like her. nothing so obviously he has some issues and they have issues in their relationship that are at some level this is how they interact with each other because the argument is not over a serious thing it's over him whether or not he was um like left out of the orientation or whatever right and that leads to them in the passionate throes of lust yeah Mm -hmm. and uh, at this point in the show it's I, I I was unnerved by it. I mean, that's obviously supposed to be the point, but I couldn't tell if the show at this point was just glorifying abuse, which I, I don't think it was, but I, I don't know. It just seemed really strange the way that it was delivered. There's no resolution for that plot line yet. Is that right? What, is at what at you're this saying? point, yeah. while we're watching. So I, I agree. I was concerned about that by giving you guys just a partial look at the series or the season. Uh, what I will say is, in my opinion, and from what I've read from people, the show does a really interesting job at portraying this type of abuse. Um, I don't know that it's perfect, but I think they it's messy, but intentionally. So this is not a straightforward look at a couple where a man is abusive and the woman is a victim. Right. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of issues of sex and emotion and marital issues that are tied into physical abuse, and they're both the aggressors. Which we'll see more in episode three. Mm -hmm. Um, Also in this episode, Ziggy, the little girl choker, was not (laughs) invited to the girl who he chokes birthday party. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I was like, why does he care? What first grade boy wants to go to a girl's birthday party? At that point, they all have cooties. But then I found out by watching the show that every child in the class except for him was invited. So it was clearly Holdo saying no, no. (laughs) Yeah, and... I'm sure to him, if his if his parents and his friends of his parents were more reasonable, that could have just been played off like, oh, we're going to do something else fun instead. Don't worry about it. But when um, just when Madeline gets a hold of it, it becomes a big, huge oh, yeah. problem. Oh, yeah. There's also something that goes down um, in the school where Madeline's daughter... Um, I'm sorry, I'm trying to remember her name, but um, Madeline's daughter, oh, Chloe, and Bonnie's daughter, Skye, they try to, like, sort of get Ziggy and Amabella to make up or whatever. Yeah. And they end up all getting called to the uh, principal's office, the parents. Which, by the way, I'm really bad with names if you've listened to the last few episodes of Talk Me Into. It took me to episode three to realize her name was Amabella and not Annabella. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's strange. Who's yeah. Amabella? <laughs> yep. These millennials, man. These millennial moms. Yeah. So um, they have this confrontation. And during the confrontation, Jane has a flashback. <gasps> yeah. Ooh. To a, an assault of some sort. We don't get a lot of details, but mm. something bad has happened to her. At first, because they sprinkle these flashbacks in. And I didn't know if, because the way the show jumps around in time, like we're, we start off with this murder. 
Yeah. And I didn't know if these were flashbacks to something that had happened or, 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 going to happen. or something that was going to happen. So you don't really know until like the, you really find out in episode three. Episode three yeah. um, but as far as episode two goes, uh, Ziggy then kisses Annabelle and gets in trouble. Amabel. Amabel. Yes. Uh, uh so it, it, you know, he, he gets in trouble for choking her and then he gets in trouble for kissing, kissing her. her. Yep. Yeah. From this episode, I thought Adam Scott was pretty good in this. I was, it was nice to see him giving some, some pretty good acting chops. Um, I, I thought it was kind of funny how all the, all the moms were pretty catty and they're, they're kind of thriving off the drama, but that's not really the kind of content that I'm super into. It kind of reminds me of, like I was saying, those CW shows or any sort of like reality real housewives tv show yeah i've heard it compared to like a really well done soap opera mm. um the mystery behind what happened is at this point the only thing keeping me going um just like the oh somebody's murdered or whatever but i'm a little worried about how that's going to be handled jimmy we, um, we have another episode to talk yeah about. <laughs> so we have another episode because we should no. say also that intercut into these episodes so far is this sort of greek chorus of people that are being interviewed by yep. what you assume are police about the murder. Mm -hmm. And they're sort of commenting on the relationship of these women to each other and stuff. Mm -hmm. So then episode three, living the dream. This is where we really start to see Jane's past. Yeah. You find out that these beach scenes are flashbacks. Mm -hmm. um, she's like walking on the beach. She's disheveled in yeah. a dress. She drops her shoes. She walks into the ocean because mm -hmm. she respects the ocean, which you, which you should do. Uh, so this episode, we see more domestic violence, more what still appears mm -hmm. like glorification of it. Uh, I think that as as somebody watching a show, I realize it's not and that's not the intention, but it still seems that way. Mm. Um, uh, I think it's it seems that way up until the end where they go to therapy and they're yeah, trying that, to talk about it. And We can just jump to that part because the only yeah. other notes I wrote was Zoe Kravitz giving dads all the boners. <laughs> I don't really remember that. So. Um, well, let me get there before you guys move on to the end of the episode. So mm -hmm. there's sort of like a big thing where Renata's birthday party for Amabella gets kind of messed up because Madeline decides that she's going to use this to make a statement about yeah. the treatment of Ziggy not being invited. So she buys tickets to Disney on Ice for Ziggy and her kid and the twins that are... um celeste's sons so immediately renata is like all depressed because amabella's party is ruined when it's really not ruined but that's what you're re referring to is bonnie dancing at amabella's yes. party mm -hmm. but yeah I, I agree with you that the emotional meat of this episode is towards the end so you guys can get into that now um i don't know if you wanted to talk about this next but i liked the um all the whole jane uh aspect of the story yeah, there, there was some really big moments in this episode speaking of that mm -hmm. where um for a project that the kids have to do is make a family tree so ziggy, oh, yeah. ziggy asked what his dad's name was and then he she refuses to tell him and he flashed out and freaked out and yeah he walked freaked away. out and then she told the story for the first time about how he is the child of a rape which yeah. she well, to, to be clear, he didn't just freak out like a normal little kid he meltdown. Like swore. He had like a like a little violent or yeah, outburst, yeah. which was, seemed very out of character for him. Mm -hmm. And that's when she revealed to Madeline that, uh, yeah, Ziggy was conceived as part of that sexual assault that we're seeing flashbacks to. Mm -hmm. 
And she says that she knows the man's name. She gives the name Saxon Banks. She says that she hasn't seen Which him since that night. So soap opera. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then we get to the counseling scene with Nicole Kidman and Alex, whose names I will never remember. <laughs> um, Celeste and Perry. And, and it, it, gets, it gets good because just before this, there was another another part when she's in the shower and oh yeah they get very passionate with each other but they're still like fighting Mm -hmm. but then he's on his knees in front of her and he basically says during their therapy sessions that his violence is based on a fear that celeste does not love him or will leave him he feels inadequate he Mm -hmm. feels like she can get anybody she wants so why would she stay with him yeah and it becomes clear that they're incredibly unhealthy emotionally that oh, both of them yes they're like i said everything is all intertwined with there's violence at every level of their relationship it's wrapped up in the way they treat each other verbally there's a level of fear and dominance but it's also something that's alluring and erotic to celeste so yeah there's all there's a lot that i would not envy this therapist of having to unwind between the two of them i like the uh progression of the therapy session too because in the beginning where uh the therapist asked them if it's ever gotten physical and and um she says no and then eventually she kind of opens up and they they do talk about that and stuff too and well he he initiates the talk he admits that yes he did that's right that he hits her and she immediately starts like sort of covering for him and saying oh we're both physical to each other and she's like sort of like yeah allowing it to happen Mm -hmm. Uh, overall i thought that was a really good scene though oh and going back to jane um she was she had like this vision of the saxon guy breaking into her house oh yeah and it was almost like a fantasy where she shot him in the head and killed him yeah so which revealed that she's carrying a gun yes i think they showed that like the first or second episode okay when they uh put the gun under her when she put the gun under her pillow little behind the scenes talk me into thing here did you guys happen to notice who portrayed the therapist looked familiar i did know that but i don't know from where calamity jane of deadwood oh really yeah that's that's why same actress she she uh looks looks good looks better she looks a lot more clean So do you guys have any other overall thoughts of this episode? Live in the dream? Um, I wrote down that there's nothing super stand out about this episode other than the fact that um, of Jane's flashbacks and um, the therapy session. Yeah, the reason why I picked this as the stopping point, because it's hard. You know, the season, as you can feel, is sort of onwardly progressing. Yeah. Um, the only reason I picked this is because you start to get some answers. Mm. You start to get some background on Jane and the mystery with her past and Ziggy's father and stuff. Of the three, I think this was the best episode. It showed okay. the most uh, character development or just background or character-driven story of Nicole Kidman <clears throat> and her relationship and uh, Shailene Woodley and her past. Yeah, I think you can start to get a sense of where this series, where this season is going to go. Yeah. Um, there's going to be that. some confrontation between Celeste and her husband, and there's going to be something explored with um, Jane's past. And um, yeah, do you have any, you guys have any overall thoughts of what you watched? Yeah. At this point, I'm mildly curious about the killer who got killed, mm-hmm. the motive. Because it seems like at this point, anybody's a suspect, right? It's a classic, like, murder mystery. Who done it? But I yeah. think it's an interesting twist that you also don't know who's dead. 
Yeah. Because exactly. that could totally color your view on who's right. responsible. So, so I am I am curious about that. Um, I did write down, it's funny that you guys brought this up, but it is just, it's a high profile soap opera with a budget. Um, there's some mm-hmm. scenes when there's a few of the characters are like walking out of a school and they're just, it's almost like the same exact way a soap opera plays out mm-hmm. where they're just like these generic names and they're like, Bonnie did this and bop, 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 mm-hmm. bop. And I don't know. It was. But don't you think that because of the better writing and acting and budget, and to me, the biggest difference is the direction. Like we didn't get into this a lot. But yeah, I know the, the direction was good. The scene when they're in counseling, it was almost just a still shot of them on a couch and just the way like the light hit his face. Yeah. And how she was in the background, just looking over his shoulder kind of because he was leaning forward. It was it was presented very well. And that scene in particular, I'm glad you brought that up, is like really interesting from a performance point of view for Nicole Kidman. Because a lot of that is done in really long takes. Yeah, it's it's a very long So you have to watch her emotional evolution throughout a single shot. So she has to like, she has to get to a new place. It's not like they're going to jump cut it, you know, with a different moment in the dialogue or whatever. I thought all the performances were good. Um, Yeah. Jimmy? Uh, My overall thoughts is it still kind of feels like a CW show with an HBO budget. Um, Yes, the writing is pretty good. Um, I wouldn't say it's like great. Uh, maybe I'm just not super into the whodunit kind of thing. Um, Shailene Woodley and Adam Scott definitely stood out to me. I thought they were both really good characters and really good actors. See what happens when you grow a beard. Yeah, I, that's what it is. Hmm. Um, the hook that someone's dead is kind of interesting, but I don't know uh, if it's enough to keep me going. Okay. Wow. I'm surprised by this before you ask us the question how do you think this is going to go I thought it was going to go way more positive than what I'm hearing so far but let's see maybe you guys are just playing some tomfoolery with me so Jimmy and Jeff did I successfully talk you into what is rapidly becoming since the ending of Game of Thrones HBO's most prominent series Big Little Lies Yes. No. Whoa. You reversed it on me? Wow. I thought that he was going to be a no. It's and I yes. thought you thought I was going to be a yes. I thought you were both going to be no's. It, it's a yes because it's so short. I might as well just finish it at this point. Finish season one, you mean? Oh, how long is season two? It's going to be seven episodes. It is seven episodes that oh. already ended by the time you're listening to this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought it was going to be shorter. But season so it's one. it's going to be six episodes plus seven Okay, that's not terrible. Well, let me tell you this. Season one is a contained story. If you finish season one and you don't like it, you're done. Okay. You'll know what you need to know. Yeah. So, Jeff, why didn't I talk you into Big Little Lies? I think with all options on TV, I I could be watching other things. Yeah. Um, This was... Like I said, I'm I'm mildly curious into the the answers, which I can just Google if I really want to know. Um... It's it's just so slow. I was very bored. Even like even during episode three with good parts, there was a lot of downtime in between. Hmm. And I don't care about the there's so many characters, which to me, I don't like. I know a lot of people do. Like if my wife was sitting across the table from me and you asked the question, she would have said yes, because she is addicted to the show now. I told you. And when I asked her if she wanted to say anything on the show, on the podcast she said i very much like it (laughs) and she now refers to it as her show 
Oh, I gotta watch well, my show. I have to talk to Lindsay about Big Little Lies then. Yeah, so you did successfully talk uh, her into it. I don't know. I just, just not into it. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I'm not the demographic for the show. Well, am I? I don't know. That's the thing. When I was watching, I was like, this seems like something that somebody that's not me would like. It's not poorly made. It's not bad. I, I just wasn't. It didn't capture me. You. The murder mystery is not enough to hold you. I'll agree with that. So if you're not sucked in by the interpersonal relationships of these people, it's probably going to feel boring to you because they can. I mean, we saw three episodes. They didn't really get too much into no. who who done it, who's dead. Anything which, like that. which I mean, I, I know now that there's a second season, but when this is coming out, there were seven episodes. Mm-hmm. So when I'm almost 50 percent through with the show and nothing's really happened, like you're still pretty much just introduced to these characters and learning about their dynamics with each other and nothing is really what if i was to tell you in a spoiler free way that mm, no i can't say that don't say it my wife wait here we'll, we'll talk off the pod but let's just say that maybe there are things happening in these episodes that lead to that final mystery that you didn't even realize i'm i'm sure they are and then I'm in sh- hindsight it'll i'm become sure more that clear. it is but i don't know like if she watches it and i see it i'll be I'm not going to hate it or leave the room, Yeah, but I'm not going to sit down and spend an hour on an episode. Yeah. See, I almost wish I had gotten, gotten you guys to watch all seven episodes. Cause there's some pretty big twists coming up. Okay. Um, I'm going to give my overall yeah. as to why, um, up until probably 40 minutes ago, it was a no uh, wow. until we started talking this about is, it. This is Jimmy's thing. Um, wow. So we literally, literally talk him yeah, into, you guys into did. it. Um, a talk me into first everybody it, it's mostly because i hate that i don't like it so i want to give it more more of a try um i i want to like it a lot because there are some really good moments really good directing really good acting yeah um it's just the plot i'm just kind of like eh, on don't but, watch it for the plot watch it for the the relationships and, and that's the, fine yeah, the, stuff. you can do that mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know so yeah that's how i'm kind of feeling about it like season two doesn't have the big mystery and I'm mm-hmm. still really enjoying it. Yeah. Or have enjoyed it. <gasps> oh. Anyways, you guys gave it a shot. Jimmy, I encourage you to keep watching it. Lindsay, if you're listening right now, I encourage you to keep watching it. She's in the other room. Um, in the meantime. Dan. Yes. There's a big episode coming out next week. There is. I've heard. There is a very big episode. We it's with a finally special reveal. guest. Dave Gonzalez. Yeah, we, we, we told you that Dave Gonzalez is going to be our first guest on the podcast. That's a big get. Yeah, from The Storm, A Lost Rewatch, and Fighting in the War Room, formerly of Storm of Spoilers. He writes for Thrillist. He's a big get, like Jimmy said. And uh, we were lucky enough to get him on as our first guest, episode 25. He will be talking us all into something, which is a, another first for this podcast. An early millennia. ABC drama, Prestige, sci-fi, sci-fi, epic, mysterious. Yeah, <laughs> Lost is the show. It's Lost, everyone. <laughs> we got there. Dave, who is an expert on Lost, obviously, if you've heard his podcast, oh, uh, he's a Lostologist. Yeah, he will be talking us into the series Lost, which I believe debuted in two thousand four. Yes, Jimmy, what did he ask us to watch? So Dave wanted us to watch, well, technically he wanted to watch three episodes, but you threw in the pilot in there as well for uh, me because I've never watched Lost before. Yep. Um, so we're watching the pilot 
All the best cowboys have daddy issues. Which is season one, episode 11, if I recall. Yep. Um, The Constant, which is in season three. I don't season know. four, episode five. Oh, yep. What you said. Okay, okay everybody. And then uh, Let's get it together. Abiterno, which is in uh, season, season six. six. Episode nine. Yeah. So we're going to watch those four episodes, and we're going to find out if Dave Gonzalez can talk us, and maybe even you, into Lost. Jimmy, where can they find us online? Oh, they can find us at Talk Me Into on Twitter, Talk Me Into on Facebook, and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Subscribe to all those so you can hear that episode when it comes out, as soon as it drops. Yeah. Dan, where can people find you on the internet? There's a lot of tension. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if I was going to have to talk next. or It's like we're on the set of Big Little Lies right now. And yeah, there's a lot of tension. You could find me on Twitter at Danny underscore Breakdown. I will be tweeting about the Celtics and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, primarily. AOC. Yeah. Um, you can also read my film reviews on Letterboxd.com under the name Danny Breakdown. Jeff, where can they find you? They could find me on Instagram at Large Heart on Collider, where I post pictures of food, primarily pickles, because I make them a lot. Pickle boy. I'm a pickle boy. Hashtag pickle boy, B-O-I. Jimmy, where can they find your personal things on the internet? Oh, you can find my personal <laughs> things on the hub. Um, no, Ooh, just kidding. Wow. Uh, you can find me at Son of a Fitch, S-O-N-N-A-V-A-F-I-T-C-H on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, even Letterbox. Maybe I'll go see a movie before this comes Do out, it. and then I'll write a review. Do it. I haven't been to the movies in a while. It's quite sad. Do it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk to you in the next? Special guest Dave Gonzalez lost.